This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader the station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Lovely Rita, meet a maid. Nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. And more details are coming in tonight on the death of Jordan Neely. This is the guy who was put in the chokehold on the subway. And we're also getting an identification for the Marine who put him in the chokehold. This comes as there are protests all over New York and the rhetoric coming from some politicians on the left is just downright shameful. You've got Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Gosh knows when she's been on a subway recently. And she is out there saying it is an execution. I mean, that is just stunning. You know, you've got also others coming out and saying, like Governor Kathy Hochul, that Jordan Neely was killed for being a passenger on the subway, as if he wasn't terrorizing people on the subway and threatening and saying things That got them great harm. And now we're also hearing from good old Al Sharpton uh, because good old Al Sharpton couldn't wait to weigh in on this one. He, of course, thinks the Marine went over the top trying to defend people on the subway train. I think he was trying to do what he could to protect people. And who's to say, what if he didn't step in? What if this guy, Jordan Neely, who now we are hearing, by the way, from one of his uncles, that he was apparently on K2. It's that synthetic drug. So why I would like to know what was in his system. Was he high as a kite when this happened? And indeed, we know that he has 44 priors. There was an outstanding warrant because he had assaulted a 67-year-old woman in the East Village of New York. So the guy had a track record a mile long. And yet, you know, today... There's so much vilification of this Marine, and I think it's completely unfair. I think it's a very tough situation when you're sitting there on the subway. I have been on the subway in New York. I haven't been on it in a long time because I'll tell you, last time I was there, it was like I thought I was in like a scene out of like, uh, you know, uh, Sybil. You know, I was like, oh, my God, there are crazy. I remember saying a prayer when I got on the subway and I said about five when I got off. And that is the way it is on New York City subways and other subways across this country. So tonight, I want to hear your thoughts as we're getting more details about the guy who sadly lost his life. I think it's horrible. I think the system let him down. Clearly, there should have been more to protect this guy and also to protect others. Um, He was clearly a menace, not only to himself, but definitely society at large. He should have been locked up. To me, there's no gray here. He should have been absolutely locked up. He had assault after assault after assault, even run-ins with the police where he was attacking the police. Guess what? That's a problem, too. 
you know, and assaulting the 67-year-old woman. There was another victim who spoke out to one of the papers in New York, and basically that person said, that guy should have been locked up. Are you kidding me? These are people who had encounters with him. And now we're finding out also when the 911 calls were coming in, there were people saying that at least somebody there on the train was armed, that they believed a strap hanger was armed with a knife or a gun. It turned out at the end that neither Jordan uh, Neely, forgive me, or this Marine who has now been named as 24-year-old Daniel Penny, neither one of them were armed. But there were allegations that somebody may have been armed, that they were dangerous. Clearly, he was dangerous because he was threatening everybody. I mean, he was literally there on the train saying, I don't care if I die. I don't care if this is it. Guess what? If you hear that, I would be freaked out, too. Because if you're sitting there on the subway and suddenly somebody comes out and says, oh, my goodness, I don't know what's going to happen to me. Um, I don't really care if I live or die and he's throwing garbage at you and he's threatening your life. Well, guess what? You kind of have a reason to be afraid. And if you look at also the history of New York, we're finding out that since March 2020, there have been 28 deaths on the subway. Where was AOC during those comments? Nowhere to be found. Where was Ayanna Presley, who today is saying this death is a, quote, lynching? Nowhere to be found. I mean, what a bunch of hypocrites and what a bunch of political incendiary gaslighters. Because right now the city is on edge. Everybody around the country is talking about this. And last night there was a big, big protest. It started at Alvin Bragg's office. There was another where they went actually over the Brooklyn Bridge, blocking traffic. They were running justice for Jordan. They were doing all these things. And this is only the beginning. And they were shouting Burn it down, burn it down, justice or burn it down. So so what is their idea of justice, everybody? How do we handle these people who seem to think unless the guy is like, uh, what, executed, you know, that uh, then it's like unfair justice? How is that fair? And what does that say about the fact that riders in New York have a right to feel safe? They have a right to, like, go on the subway and feel like they have a right to have a safe ride and get home to their families. What about their rights? I don't hear any of those people marching saying a thing about that. What are your thoughts, everybody? It's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And here is, first off, Al Sharpton weighing in and giving his two cents. I'm surprised it took Al so long. To let this go forward in any way is to sanction vigilantism in this city. They must investigate and prosecute to the full extent of the law or we're back to Bernard Getz and if you want to be more recent to uh, uh, to uh, Eric Gardner this is a fusion of both offenses I feel Eric Gardner was was choked to death uh, George Floyd had a knee on his neck uh, Fernando Castile wasn't choked but he was shot to death on video and now uh, Mr. Neely Ahmed Avery was murdered by vigilantes. Trayvon Martin was murdered by vigilantes. And now we have another case here where this person seemed to have gone too far. Seemed to have gone too far. That is Congressman Jamal Bowman, who was speaking there after Al Sharpen. Lighting the flames, fueling the anger, and emotions are riding high. 
Here is this guy, never to miss an opportunity, Ellie Mistel, a liberal commentator, and he was on News Nation saying this. This man could have pissed his pants, as far as we know. He could have been scared out of his wits. That doesn't give him a reasonable justification for killing somebody. You can only use deadly force when you are met with deadly force. There has been nothing in any record. None of the other passengers, not the man who took, took the video, has suggested that this man, this homeless man, Jordan Neely, was threatening anybody with deadly force. So to use deadly force against them, and here, again, the fact that he's a former Marine and knows exactly how deadly the force he was using could be the ability to use deadly force against somebody when you are not threatened with deadly force is not a justification for homicide well uh mr mistel what about the idea of feeling like the guy was going to snap at any moment and that is the reality let me read you again mr mistel and everybody out there here is what he basically said according to witnesses who said he was acting dangerous erratic and hostile And he said when he was on the train, I don't care if I die. I don't care if I go to jail. I don't care if I have any food. I don't care if I have any beverage. I'm done. If somebody says, I don't care if I die, I don't care if I'm going to jail. They're throwing garbage at you, threatening you. Uh, What are you supposed to do? Wait, Mr. Mistel, until they like pull out a gun and shoot you? I mean, that is insane. People have a right to feel safe on the subway. And when somebody speaks that kind of rhetoric, that is scary, scary as heck. And to me, that is a downright dangerous situation. By the way, on the Marine, here's a little information. This Marine, he is from Queens. And apparently, according to his social media, he was an infantry squad leader and instructor in water survival in the Marine Corps from 2017 to 2021. Um, and he graduated from high school in West Islip, New York. He was deployed twice. So he certainly seems like somebody with some military training. And by the way, you have to be pretty gutsy and have some military training to take the guy down. And even after the guy was taken down, he was still flailing all over the place. He was still flailing. And to me, that's why those two other guys, you see at least two other guys kind of come in and one puts the arm on the guy. The other on his shoulder, the other one puts his arm on the guy's arm to hold him down because he's still flailing. Probably because now that we know from this guy's uncle, he was on this medication at the time of his death. He was on this synthetic drug K2. And the guy said he was trying to take this K2 self-medicating because of everything that happened to him and all the heartbreak and depression in his life. And I feel sorry for him. He he got into K2 and apparently a lot of other heavy drugs is what, according to people who know him. So he was probably on a whole bunch of stuff. I'd love to see the toxicology report. Let's see what was in his system. Uh, Because, you know, when you're on some of this stuff, you're high as a kite and you are stronger than like, you know, three Godzillas. You know what I mean? You know, you're out there and you're like running, 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 running. I mean, you see you've seen people who are on that kind of stuff. And they're often turbocharged. So I'd love to know what was in their system. And again, just because he was on medication, it's interesting. The uncle uses that as an excuse as to saying why basically, you know, we should feel sorry for him. And he calls what happened to his nephew a gang killing. Uh, Is there anybody out there who actually thinks it was a gang killing and that this Marine had the intent to kill Obviously, he was a trained guy in the military. Probably if he wanted to intentionally kill him, he would have done it immediately. 
but he was holding him down. And even witnesses have said that his goal was not to kill, that nobody thought the guy had even died. They thought he just kind of passed out because he was so, you know, held down and he was so turbocharged and he was pinned down. But they didn't think that anybody had killed him and that he had died. They just thought the guy was trying to subdue him. And so for that case, I hope to God that Alvin Bragg does not charge him. We're hearing that a grand jury will be meeting next week on this case. I think that's a really smart decision because if indeed it happens, there are reports that they will convene next week on this. Then at least it goes to the grand jury. I have a lot more faith in a grand jury, even though it's New York, uh, than Alvin Bragg himself. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Al. Line four. Al, your thoughts. Yeah, hi, Rita. Uh, Rita, thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to say I agree with you. It would be good if this uh, individual who was troubled on the subway was uh, hospitalized. But as you know, through the decades we've seen, it's been designed by the progressives and the ACLU to get these individuals out of institutions. We've seen it going back with Ed Koch, with the woman, I believe her name was Billy Boggs. We saw in the 90s, early 90s, with the wild man, Larry Hogue of 96th Street. So it's very difficult, but I agree with you. It would be good if they would be confined and uh, be in treatment for some time be- before they were allowed to leave the uh, <laughs> the uh, mental place, mental institution where they were being treated. And, and by the way, Al, I feel bad for this guy. He obviously, it sounds like he had a really rough life. Um, his mother was killed by his stepfather when he was 14 years old, um, brutal killing, and obviously had a really hard life. And clearly he had a lot of mental issues and problems, but that's not fair to the rest of the passengers on that train and the rest of the people in New York that he seems to have assaulted through the years. And the fact that he had 44 priors, he had one outstanding warrant at the time for an attack that was in 2021 for a 67-year-old woman. I mean, it's like, at what point does a judge just say, you know what, maybe this person is dangerous? You know, that's what's astounding to me, Al, that he was really part of this revolving door, don't you think? I mean, at some point you got to say the greater good and the safety of the rest of us is maybe more important than one individual uh, making sure that he can kind of, what, commit a, what, a 45th offense? What do you think, Al? agree uh, wholeheartedly what you said. It means so much that, uh, you know, he sh- the judges should have done the right thing in regards to his treatment. Yeah, 1,000%. Al, thank you very much. Let's go to Lisa, line five. Lisa, your thoughts on line five. What do you think, Lisa? Oops, Lisa, we just lost you. Can you hear us? Go ahead, Lisa. I can hear you. Can you hear me? I hear you crystal clear. Go ahead. First of all, what Al said is absolutely correct because I'm a white middle-class girl that grew up in Manhattan, and I had a situation with my sister who was mentally ill and put my family through hell. But in the old days, she was picked up, fortunately, because she was so out of control. There, there was a cop that got her, and she was confined for, at those at that time, three months at Beth Israel, and she was forcibly medicated. And as a result, she got the right treatment, and her life was stabilized, and she would tell me that when she was whacked out, she had voices in her head telling her to set fires, to, that my parents were, were the source of, of evil, and perhaps she would have to murder them. So you never know when you're dealing with a mentally ill person what is going on in their mind. Well, and, and Lisa, feel- Lisa, question, this was your sister, you said? Yes. It, wow. It was my sister. 
sister. It's my sister. But this is the story of many people that have a mentally ill relative, and he is right that the progressives have absolutely destroyed it. Now these people are out on the street, and their hands are tied. And I support that Marine, because that Marine is not going to throw away his life and he for something unless he genuinely feels that there's a threat to people. And this and what he did was a very brave and noble thing because you don't know how that man could have responded. And one last comment. I think yesterday I heard there was a stabbing on the subway in the seventies on the Lexington Avenue line. So this is the this is a gift to the progressives because as their hypocrisy is being exposed, they get to jump on the bandwagon of this. But I just hope this Marine is treated fairly because he did this. He didn't do this for himself. He did this because, as you have said, he's trained to help people, to protect people. And that's something that's no longer valued, evidently, in our culture. Yeah. And isn't that sad? Like and, and I keep saying, imagine if he didn't do anything. And what if he sat back and waited for something serious to happen? Boy, um, you know, everybody would have felt horrible. And and sometimes you can't, you know, it's too late uh, before, you know, you react. You know, if somebody suddenly snaps, you don't have the time to go, oh, my gosh. Um, you know, you don't have a, a – it happens at an instant, as you know all too well. Well, thank goodness your sister's better. Lisa, thank you very much. We're going to continue with your calls, 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. And we are talking about the subway chokehold victim, Jordan Neely, and the details about him now again, that he was on this very strong medication, K2, just before his death. We don't know if he was on it at the moment, but he was clearly taking it around the time. And that could maybe explain his wild behavior. And his, you know, screaming at people saying he wanted to die. He didn't care if he died, if he went to jail. And people say, oh, he wasn't violent. He wasn't a threat. Are you kidding me? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Tony on line four. Tony, your thoughts about it all. Hi, Rita. You know, my thought today was the first thing I thought of was like New York City was like the Roman Coliseum where they would put all the Christians in the arena to see who kills each other. And I say this for a reason. The fact of the matter is is that New York City and New York and Governor Hochul have all brought this kind of on, this situation where they've put someone who's traveling on the subway uh, in this position. And this isn't someone who just happened to be looking for trouble, this Marine. This is someone who was traveling on public transportation and he was, he was threatened and he was scared like many people. So what New York City is basically doing is saying they've said, you, you guys fend it out for yourselves. You know, if someone gets killed, someone gets hurt, we really don't care. 
But when certain people get killed, we're going to make a big deal about it. And look, when Mayor, when President Trump went to New York City, Mayor Mayor uh, Adams warned the protesters. He said to them, you know, you guys better be on your best behavior. No, you're right. And Tony, um, great points that, you know, the situation has become so out of control. And sadly, the police can't be everywhere. They weren't in the car. It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a powerful story coming from Obetz, Ohio, where a police officer, Carl Higabotham, recently saved the life of a suicidal man. Higabotham pulled the suicidal man from the barrier of a bridge as the man was climbing to jump from the bridge onto the highway. Now, it's outstanding work, says the city commissioner. You see what officers have to deal with on a day-to-day basis, and it's basically traumatic and scary things all of the time. And occasionally, they're lucky enough to have somebody who needs help. It's important, and we're extremely, uh, extremely proud of him and those who come to aid people like this. Now, the mayor also of the town, Mayor uh, of Obitz, Angela Kirk, said, quote, as you can tell, he rushed after the man to prevent him from going over that bridge. My God, what if our officer would have flipped over that bridge with the man? That's the kind of dangerous stuff that people don't think about, but that's their job, and they take it very seriously. And this officer received a letter of commendation for his calm, professional demeanor that saved this distraught individual's life and hopefully allows him to take charge of his life all over again and start anew. What a great, great story and how important the incredible work that our law enforcement do every single day. And that's why, my goodness, whenever I see a law enforcement officer, I am like, I'm thank God. I'm like, always thank them. I buy them coffee. I bought them lunch. I always say thank you so much for all you do for all of us. I wish there had been a cop. On the subway train earlier this week when this incident happened where Jordan Neely, who's the homeless man, now that we're learning tonight from his uncle that he was on this very, very like a powerful medication. It's a synthetic drug. It is K2. And it basically, you know, a friend of mine was just telling me that it basically makes you really crazy and makes you sort of turbocharge and hallucinate. So there's a good chance he might have been on this synthetic drug. He was on it to treat his depression in the wake of his mother's death, which was a number of years ago, but a terrible story. But given all of those things, he might have been on this and other medication, they believe, at the time. So if that's the case, uh, he might have been really out of touch and screaming and shouting. It would explain the behavior that we've heard from a number of people on the subway. And we're also hearing tonight that he was saying, I don't care if I die. I don't care if I go to jail. That's a scary thing. If you're sitting on the subway and somebody says something like that, you go, oh, whoa, he doesn't care about what he does right now. That that actually is a very threatening comment. And now we're learning that the Marine, as I mentioned, he also had a background. He had been in the infantry as a squad leader and instructor in water survival in the Marine Corps from 2017 to 2021. And we know that he was apparently 
was in good standing with the Marines. And we're not hearing that he had any problem with his record at the Marine Corps. Because you can bet they're going to go into his background, too. They're going to look into anything. Uh, did he ever, like, have any issues where he had shown uh, anger? Did he show anything that would have uh, explained why he did this to this guy? Anything other than self-defense? You know, they're going to look into anything and everything. And take a listen first off, because in the middle of all this, we have politicians who are saying the worst of the worst. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez saying first it was a murder and then today saying it's an execution. That's how she describes it. Ayanna Presley calls it a lynching, totally playing the race card, which I think this guy would have taken anyone down. It doesn't matter. I get the sense that this guy just felt, look, I have training. I can get this guy. I don't think race had anything to do with this. And yet... They are fueling the flames. Take a listen. Here is former NYPD Paul Morrow talking about what he thinks of these comments and how dangerous it is at a time where there are protests in many parts of Manhattan over this guy's death. Take a listen. And the narrative that he held, there's this meme going around that he held onto the chokehold for 15 minutes. No, it's about three minutes. I have it on my website, obstesk.org. The full video is there. It's about three minutes. And what's interesting is that at about the three and a half minute mark, he's still moving. You see him take a deep breath. This is after they've let him go. So I want to know, there's an autopsy. Has a toxicology test been done? Is there a pre-existing condition like we have with Eric Garner, who was not charged, who also died allegedly from a chokehold? There are a lot of complexities here. And for our political class to act so childishly, only for the all the racial arsonists in this town are topping off their gas cans, and it's a disgrace to see. Political arsonists topping off their gas cans. That is an appropriate way to say it. And again, with all the other killings, sadly, that have happened on the subway recently, where have these politicians? I I can't remember Ayanna Presley saying anything about it. I can't remember AOC saying anything about any of these other ones. But for some reason, they want to use this for political destruction. And still... In the middle of all this, you can't rule out that there might be some charges against this person. I would actually think, by the way, that the Marine would get off. uh, I think if it was amongst a jury of his peers, I think, you know, he would probably get off. But you just never know. If it went to Alvin Bragg, I'd say 100 percent he's going to be charged. You'd be like thrown in Rikers if it was before Alvin Bragg, the way Alvin Bragg handles things. But it looks like it will probably go before a grand jury next week to decide whether or not there will be charges. And one former Manhattan assistant DA, Mark Bettero, said you can't rule out there might be some sort of charge coming, especially because it's in New York City. Donald Trump knows the way uh, a grand jury works in New York City. Take a listen to what this former assistant Manhattan DA had to say. I would be worried that he could be charged with uh, manslaughter charges or criminally negligent homicide charges. I think he should be worried because there is a video of him holding, nearly choking him. Uh, it's called deadly physical force. And if he was not authorized to use that force, then he's potentially facing charges. And one might assume or believe that he just was not justified because he didn't appreciate the risk that a a reasonable person should have, which is by choking someone, it's likely to cause their death, particularly a Marine who presumably is well-trained in the use of that kind of force. 
Although then the passengers came out and said that they didn't think he had passed away. Uh, they also didn't think that anybody was intending to kill Jordan Neely. So a lot of it's going to go into the intent of the guy, the mindset of the guy. And just like we heard, were there anything, any pre-existing conditions? There's a lot of questions here. And still, that former Manhattan assistant DA says, even if he should be charged, he thinks ultimately he will walk scot-free. Take a listen. Every juror in, in a case like this is a subway riding person who sees what's going on, everything you uh, referred to. The, the streets are in chaos. The subways are in chaos. And uh, I don't know that he would ever be convicted, whether the law mm-hmm. permits it or not. So do you think there will be charges and should there be charges? And what do you think of this ramped up rhetoric from people like AOC saying it's an execution? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jim on line one in Westchester. Go ahead, Jim, your thoughts. Hey, Rita. Hi. Uh, it's ironic. A couple of weeks ago, I took the number seven subway to a Met game at 1130 in the morning weekday, and a subway performer was doing stunts, dangling from handrails, inches from frightened passengers. And then before he got off, he asked people for money. And there was a uh, uh, elderly uh, Asian lady with a couple of small kids. She gave him a dollar. Me, I've been told I look like Mike Ditka. I'm 6'2", 250. Nobody intimidates me. But the thing is, I was thinking how... I was sitting next to a guy who was a Canadian uh, military man. He was going out to the, to the ball game, and he had said, boy, if that guy had hit my wife, I would have just knocked the hell out of him. And I said, and I would have helped you. Now, I'm just thinking, suppose this guy had hurt the Canadian's daughter, and the Canadian belted him and injured him or killed him. Would he have been indicted for understandable action? And if I helped hold him down, would I have been liable for prosecution too? Anyway, I told our Canadian friend if anything like that happened, I would contact Fox News, Rudy Giuliani, Tucker Carlson, he was there then, and to come to his defense, you know. And But, but one thing is I'd like you to just go on this on Alvin Bragg. I lost a family friend named Mike on 9-11. A couple years before he died, he received a commendation from the New York Police Department when he tackled and held down a Bronx mugger who had stolen an older woman's purse near Fordham University. Now, if Alvin Bragg had been the Bronx DA at that time and the mugger suffered a hangnail, would he have indicted Mike for assault? And if he did, maybe Mike might be alive today. Yeah, you know what? Um, And you're right. It's this revolving door, you know, over and over and over again. Um, and, and you just bring up, you know, sort of what, what happens in real life. I think we've all had experiences, Jim, on the subway. I mean, I've had times where there, I had, I had an experience. I talked about it the other day. I remember when I was on the subway, there was a, a young woman. She was a Caucasian woman. She got on the subway. There were not that many people in the car and it was all women in the car. So it was actually really scary because I remember looking around thinking, okay, is there a big guy who's going to like clock her or something? And she was screaming, I'm going to kill you all. Can you imagine you're on it and, and you have nowhere to go. You're on a subway. She's shouting. She's obviously high as a kite and clearly mentally ill. And just because she was a little person, she was just like, like insane. And I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, I could not wait. And then the train stopped in between stops. I thought, oh, my goodness, this is, you know, this is the day we're all meeting our maker. You know, like we're all going to like have to bum rush or do something. We're all looking at each other. And again, it's all women on the train. I was frightened to death. Finally, the train opens up and I saw two cops and I was like, there's this crazy woman. She went down to the next car 
and they chased after her. You know, and and this woman, I would not have been surprised if she pulled out something or did something. And would we have been wrong? I would have been happy if somebody had clocked her. I actually think they would have done us a favor because I think had she stayed on the train and maybe had we not seen the cops, who knows what would have happened. And, And that's every single day, Jim, every single day on the New York City subways. And that's why I think if it goes to a jury, you put them in the mindset of what is that like? Imagine if it's this. Imagine if you know, if anybody who's taken the ride know exactly what I am talking about. Um, let's go to let's go to Russ. Line two. Russ, your thoughts. Uh, that guy brought up exactly what I was thinking. The guys who used to swing around from the bars and on the pole, they could have hit anybody. But he, the crucial thing was they didn't hit anybody. But you know what I was thinking? I think give a lot of thought to what you said yesterday, Rita. The person that was really acting unhinged was a man who was choking to death, Jordan Neely. And if I interceded to stop the Marine from going to prison and stop him from killing Jordan Neely, I'd be more afraid of the Marine attacking me. I don't think Jordan Neely would attack me for saving his life. I remember you asking me that. And, you know, something you said about K2. K2 is fake marijuana. It's not a drug. There's so much marijuana around. He didn't need to smoke K2. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So, right. So you're the expert on what Jordan Neely had in his system. Is that what I'm hearing now, Russ? Like, like what? Were you talking to him every day and hearing what he was taking every day? What I know is that we'll know what he is because he's a dead body and the coroner is going to tell us. What we'll never know is what is in Mr. Bad Penny's system. And he sh- scrubbed his social media. I'm trying to stay calm. My wife told me stay calm. You know, Rita, I'm sorry. I well, and, no, and by the way, Russ, it is a very emotional case. And, and I will tell you that. I feel horrible for this guy's, you know, passing. I, I think it's really tragic. His life is very tragic. Um, but you can't tell me that somebody who's on some serious drugs, and it may have been K2 and other things, by the way. Um, and I was just talking to a friend of mine who knew someone who was on K2, and they said he was the person was hallucinating all the time. You know, that they were totally out of control and hallucinating. So guess what? Uh, you can't have that kind of thing. And any kind of drug can do something. And even if you have mental illness, you know, you don't even have to necessarily be on any medication uh, to be. If you're going around on a subway and saying, I don't care if I die. I mean, don't you think that that's a bit of a problem? What are your thoughts about that? It's a big problem. Listen, Alvin Bragg is weak and stupid. I support Trump. But, you know, you, you're just bringing up the grand jury about this case. What do you think the difference? Why not the grand jury for Jose Alba? Because physical contact was made with Jose Alba and no physical contact with this case. Why do you, why do you differentiate between the grand jury for this case but not for Jose Alba? Well, I think in the Jose Alba case, and I know you seem to think that Jose Alba – uh, was like a killer. And I, I disagree. The DA, as you know, originally charged him and then dropped the charges and let him out of Rikers. Um, because he claimed, oh, I had a better look at the video. The video was already out there. He just, you know, basically succumbed to, I call it reality because he made the wrong call. But if you look at that video, that he was defending himself. I don't want to kind of go backtrack on all that again, Russ, but he clearly was defending himself in the bodega. There's no question about it. Believe me. Uh, if, if, Alvin Bragg didn't finally realize that he never would have let him out. So even Alvin Bragg had to acquiesce that point. All right. But now in this particular case, you don't think the guy was defending himself or at least more importantly. And I I would contend he's defending others on the train. If your daughter or somebody was sitting on the train and the guy's throwing trash and saying, I don't care if I die, I don't care if I die. And again, I don't think this Marine had the intent to kill him from everything we have heard. 
had the intent to take him down. He had the intent to hold him down. He had the intent to keep him there until the cops came. And also, by the way, there were other people helping and he was still flailing. So, I mean, clearly he was turbocharged on something. He was certainly amped up, I use the phrase, because he clearly wasn't, you know, like one person, even a Marine with skills wasn't enough. So, I mean, when you look at all of these factors, the guy was clearly wreaking havoc and making people extremely scared. And you don't know if he's going to snap and he was throwing things. So there was already, you know, a track record there. The guy has an assault record, too. Now that we know, you know, now that we know more about the guy's background, I'm even more convinced what a threat he was. I mean, don't you like you think it's normal to have somebody with 44 priors, including a warrant out for assault to a 67 year old woman, that that's a normal human being? Russ, go ahead. Rita, how many of those arrests were for disorderly conduct because he was dancing on the sidewalk? How many of them were? Well, you know what? I, I don't know to break it all down, but I read a number of them, and I can tell you that a number of them were a lot more than dancing on the sidewalk. Uh, one was, like, assaulting somebody, a stranger. Another one was for, like, attacking the police. So, I mean, there's a couple really serious ones in there, and it's clearly a revolving door. I mean, this is not Mother Teresa, Russ. Let, let's just get that straight. Uh, but I appreciate your call anyway, one 800 848 Nine two two two. It's the Rita Cosby Show. She's totally committed to major independence. She's a lady through and through. She gives them quite a battle. All that they can handle. She'll bruise some, she'll hurt some too. But oh, they love to watch her strut. And we are talking about the death of the man on the New York City subway after he was held in a chokehold. It's been deemed a homicide by the medical examiner's office, and he says it was due to compression of the neck. Um, but were there other factors? Were there extenuating factors? And now the big news that it looks like a grand jury may be looking at the case next week to decide whether or not charges will come forward. Also, people are wondering, anybody who was a witness to it or saw something should, of course, let the district attorney's office and the police know about it to report. There's still more details coming in. And also, again, there were calls that night, that day, rather, from 911, coming into 911, a flood of calls coming in as the incident happened on the subway. Again, he came on, he was screaming, throwing trash, doing a slew of things. And a number of people were saying that there was a guy who was threatening riders and saying, you need to send somebody here. This is really bad. Uh, another one saying there's a physical fight on the subway. And then there was a third caller who said that there was a strap hanger who was armed with a knife or a gun. It turned out neither one of them were armed. Um, two other calls coming in again, just about a minute apart for reports of an assault in progress and threats. Uh, so a variety of things coming in. Eric Adams, of course, the mayor of New York, sounding very measured, saying, let's wait till the facts. Let's wait to see where things go. Um, but here is Governor Kathy Hochul, who totally is taking the position of this guy, Jordan Neely, who died and not saying anything in terms of the Marine who is trying to defend the people on the train. Take a listen. I do want to acknowledge 
how horrific it was to view a video of Jordan Neely being killed uh, for being a passenger on our subway trains. And so our hearts go out to his families. I'm really pleased that the district attorney is looking into this matter. As I said, there had to be consequences. And so we'll see how this unfolds. But uh, his family deserves justice. And so does the Marine. I mean, it's like, you know, it is really, really insane. And you hear this. This comes at the time where there are all these protests taking place all over New York, more scheduled for this weekend. And they're incredibly incendiary. And then now you have the governor jumping to conclusions. You have members of Congress on the progressive side jumping to conclusions. And the question is, can this Marine get a fair hearing by a grand jury which will be fellow New Yorkers, but of course they'll be led by Alvin Bragg. And we've seen his track record. In fact, in the next hour, we're going to play some comments from a latest case with Donald Trump where he was testifying in the E. Jean Carroll case. And uh, boy, he was, it was a doozy in the deposition that he did some time ago, but it was played in court this week. We're going to play that and also talk about the border and so much more. one 800 848 Nine two two two. Let's go to Steve in online two. Go ahead, Steve. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think this case will go to the heart of intent. And uh, what was the intention of the Marine? Now, I think if people, a normal group of people, is knowing that this man acted in full view of thirty, forty, fifty witnesses who could testify against him if he were really doing something evil. Um, he knew he just acted promptly because if it was falling, babies falling out of the sky, you grab the baby quickly. He acted promptly, of course. Now, the problem is that um, he's sort of a modern day knight in shining armor. Let's put it that way. He didn't mean evil. He was not trying. On the other hand, Alexandria Cortez and Ileana Presley. Um, they are opportunistic race baiters for a long time, a long history. Um, I think that fair-minded people can see both sides, but they will probably realize that the Marine acted out of a sense of his training, and he went into that mode because he saw the greater danger to the greater number of people. Yeah, and and by the way, there was a case not too long ago where a guy – uh, clocked a guy who was flailing a knife. I think it was in a Walmart in South Carolina. Came on behind him. He was an Army guy. He took actually one of those dividers, that like a metal divider, clocked the guy in the head. Nobody was talking about charges in that case. And that guy was saying, I'm going to cut you all up in the store. He was hailed a hero. Why not the Marine? It's the Rita Cosby Show. And later on in this hour, we're going to play some of President Trump's riveting uh, deposition that came out. It is in videotape, too, and it's wild. This is in the E. Jean Carroll case, and she is the woman who says that President Trump raped her in a dressing room of a busy department store in the mid-1990s. Uh, Trump, in classic Trump style, says he finds the allegations disgusting and says she's not his type. 
And we're going to play some of the clips of that and get your reaction. Plus, in the middle of all this, of course, President Trump was very, very strong on border security. And now we have a president who is so lackluster. And in fact, the head of Homeland Security under President Biden just came out a couple hours ago. I couldn't believe it. Mayorkas, there he is standing at the border doing a rare visit there because it is rare for him to be at the border, even though he's in charge of the border and Homeland Security. Well, he came out and said that the border has not been open, it is not open, and it will not be open. So wrong, wrong, and wrong. I mean, is there three lies in one sentence that's possible? Would well, he just said it? And it is unbelievable at a time where it is so downright dangerous at the border. There are so many stories of people crossing and also the human smugglers, the drugs, uh, overwhelming. And in fact, I was just seeing a new number. It was like 8,400 people crossing in a 24-hour span. And they are expecting that it could get to maybe 10 to 12, maybe even 15,000 a day when Title 42 is lifted next Thursday. So that is a huge deal. And America and the world is bracing. And the Biden administration's like, uh, what open border? It is shameful to me. It is downright derelict. And it is outrageous. Meantime, we're also talking about the case, of course, of what happened on the New York City subway. Details tonight again that this guy, the homeless guy who was threatening people and shouting and saying all these epitaphs and saying that he wanted to die. Well, apparently he also had been at least uh, and there's a good chance he may have been at the time. We'll find out. I hope they do a toxicology report and check. But apparently he was self-medicating with K2, which is a very strong synthetic drug. Also, other medication. A lot of this came after the death of his mother a number of years ago. But apparently he has taken a lot of drugs and he has a lot of arrests in his background. And we're also learning that also the Marine veteran, his name is Danielle Penny. And he is a 24-year-old guy from Queens. He's also employed an attorney, uh, Thomas Kenneth. And Thomas actually is the guy who ran against Alvin Bragg. Uh, he was running in the lead up to against Alvin Bragg in the race for D.A. So isn't that interesting that that is who this Marine has taken on as his attorney and somebody who certainly understands the district attorney's office and understands some of the complexities here. But, boy, that's going to be interesting whenever we hear from this guy, Daniel Penny, to describe what happened. We do know that next week. Uh, there are reports that a grand jury is going to meet to decide whether or not there will be charges. Uh, I don't put anything out in, when I say in terms of what's going on in Alvin Bragg's New York. Anywhere else I'd go, eh, probably no charge or maybe something small uh, that would ultimately get dropped. But it's New York City. And we've seen just ask President Trump uh, the track record of grand juries in New York City. And you look at the history of Alvin Bragg guiding them. And remember, when it goes to a grand jury, sometimes they just show one side of the story. Uh, you don't know what they're going to see, what they may not see. I hope that they show all sides of the story because you can't jump to conclusions on such a sensitive case at such a sensitive time. you got to be right. And also, the Marines' rights are equally important, too. Not just, of course, Jordan Neely. You want to make sure, listen, if there was excessive force, if it was over the top, if indeed, uh, you know, there's some other element that we just haven't heard or somebody comes forward and has a video that shows something different, um, you know, the grand jury should see it. But for now, 
it looks like this guy was defending the passengers on the train and should not be vilified, especially if you've taken a subway recently, you know what I'm talking about. And in the middle of all this, listen to some of the protests, because some of the rhetoric of the protests, it is downright scary. Listen to what they were saying. This was last night. Wow, if we don't get it, burn it down. And this comes again as AOC and other people are saying it's an execution. Ayanna Presley saying it's a modern day lynching. And this is what conservative commentator Douglas Murray thinks of some of the comments from the so-called squad, those political members. People like Nicole Hannah-Jones, like AOC, like a number of members of the squad and others, you, know, you actually have to ask what they want when they do this sort of thing, when they ramp up the rhetoric like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, to describe what happened as a lynching, as a public execution, uh, uh, um, to make all of these claims, uh, is, it's like seeing people standing by, beside what they know to be a tinderbox and just like striking matches and throwing them into it to see what catches. Yeah, a tinderbox, and they are totally igniting the flames for political reasons. Shame on them. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Robert in Westchester on Line 8. Robert, your thoughts? Hi, Rita. I agree with that man that just spoke 100%. The, the fact is, is that if the, I wanted to, I tried to call him last night to know, I want to know what the toxicology report was and who actually did the forensics examination and if that could be challenged. Now, what happens is that there's somebody also said that he had him, he was strangling the guy or choking him to death. No, the Marine was restraining the man. Now, when somebody's being restrained like that and they're having hallucinations, hallucinations, grand pure hallucinations and they're pulling away they could cause their own demise and choke themselves and break their own neck by pulling away ah None that's an interesting that, point that's a really interesting point robert the people that are talking about this were there none none of them the, the aocs uh the the, the governor hokels uh and and all these people they weren't there but they are flaming the fire of a riot yeah, and and, and and by the way, Robert, we've all seen, sadly, what was going on in 2020. We don't need to see it again, you know? I mean, that's what's so scary is like, you know, people, emotions are so raw. It's such a, uh incendiary case. Um, people are making it into a racial issue. I don't think it is, um, but they're making into it. And you bring up, by the way, your point is a really interesting one, though. You're right, because if he was high as a kite and he's fighting it off, because you look like... When the guy takes him down, I've seen the video, the guy takes him down, he's still flailing because he's, he's you know, at that point it looks like he's still charged up. And you're right, he may have, you know, his the he may have like, you know, the, the bone, maybe he was fighting it so hard that he would have created that. That is an interesting thing, too, in addition to it. And again, people even who were there said, so far I haven't heard anybody say, oh, the Marine planned to kill him. The Marine planned to restrain him. And was trying to hold him down and the guy was still fighting it. So who knows, um, you know, what, but it would be fascinating to see exactly what was in a system and they can certainly determine it. Was it this K2? Was it something even stronger? Was it a combination of things? Those are great points. Robert, thank you very much.
Uh, let's go to David in L.A. on line five. David, your thoughts. First of all, shame on the politicians saying things like uh, lynching and murder. They're just so happy that a white guy did this to a black guy. So it proves all whites want to kill all blacks. So shame on that. I agree, by the way. It's so reckless. I agree. Oh, and they're so happy. Now, secondly, if Jordan had walked into to the Black Lives Matter guy saying he's going to burn it down, if Jordan had gone into the Black Hood or the Waffle House and started to behave that way, he would get his ass killed quick, and they'd say, street justice, he deserves it. Get the F out of here. So I don't want to hear that. But with that said, the Marine's going to have to do some time. Now, why do you think you know, so? Why? Because... The guy died. He did kill him. Now, you can say he had K2 in his system. That doesn't matter. This isn't a DUI case. Secondly, it doesn't matter if he had 44 previous convictions. Uh, that, that doesn't apply to this. Thirdly, he can say he wanted to die, but he didn't say he wanted to kill people. So the Marine. Oh, David, goodness- I, David I disagree. Because if somebody's sitting there saying, I want to die, the next thing you wonder, is he have a bomb on him? You know what I mean? Is he going to do something? I mean, if somebody says that, it doesn't sound like it. That's not like, uh, you know, I want to uh, start reading Bible passages. You know what I mean? I mean, let's be real. That's that's still a very scary thing to hear from somebody when you're in a crowded subway and it's in the middle of the day and you're locked in a subway car that's moving and you can't go anywhere. I want to die. That to me is a threat. That's like maybe he's going to do something to himself or maybe he's going to do something to you. And if you try to say, oh, sir, please don't do anything um, to yourself, even he might have like snapped at you and he was throwing things at people. And the guy has a history of assault. I actually do think some of those things will come in. And separately, I actually think the toxicology is extremely relevant because I think it goes to state of mind, because not only clearly does he have a history of mental illness. There's no debate about that. He does. There's no question. He clearly has a history of drug use and it doesn't seem to be any debate about that. But if he was high as a kite at the time of it, uh, that I, I think actually even adds to even more concern. It's an even bigger risk. Don't you think somebody, I mean, obviously somebody with mental illness alone is a big enough risk if they're threatening and they're throwing things at you and they're saying that they want to die. I don't care if I go to jail. That sounds like what, no matter what I do to you, I don't care if I go to jail. I don't think you need me to fill in the blanks, David. I mean, those, those to me are threatening statements. If I was on a subway and a crazy guy was throwing garbage at me and saying those things, I would be really worried. And I would be thankful that there was a Marine sitting next to me who took him down. Your thoughts? But Rita, he didn't actually go after the Marine. There was no self-defense. You have to make a, a threat to the Marine. I'm going to kill you. The Marine is not the police. Wait a minute. That's, that is a hogwash defense. Because let me tell you why, David. Because... There were other people that were getting stuff thrown at them, and he was making the comments to everybody on the train. So what? What? In other words, uh, you have to wait till he stabs somebody, and then what? Even still, the Marine isn't justified to intervene at that point, David? Is that what you're telling me? Imagine if he had, like, killed somebody. What if this crazy guy had let loose and killed somebody on the train? Would the Marine then would be right to stop him, or would it not be fair because he didn't attack the Marine? You tell me. Yeah. Every time I talk and start to say something, you jump on me and give me your opinion. So why do you even take calls? I'm asking you, David. David, I'm asking you an honest question. You you are not. I'm changing the dialect to you because you are clearly saying that the guy should be charged. And I'm saying to you, 
What if he had attacked somebody? Just and that's an interesting premise. What if he had physically, like physically, hurt somebody, and not just thrown trash at him? But what if he had actually stabbed somebody? Would the Marine be okay in that case to step in, or is that because he didn't touch the Marine? He's not allowed to do anything. I, I'm asking an honest question. Rita, I have more experience in this than you do, and I'm here to tell you what if doesn't cut it. It has to be what happened, okay? You're overboard, you're out of line, and you're wrong this time. All right. Well, David, take your medication because, boy, you sound like you got a lot on your mind tonight. But, David, I appreciate it. I gave you a lot of time, and I always love hearing from you. Uh, And I'm not sure what the experience is, but, boy, that's an interesting one. Thanks so much, David. We're going to continue with your calls, 1-800-848-9222. I love our passionate callers, even if I don't agree with them. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And coming up on the Rita Cosby Show, we're also going to talk about President Trump's deposition. It was a wild one, and it was played this week in court and just released a few hours ago. This is in the case of the woman who says that he raped her and then also defamed her when he said, she's not my type. And he also said that in the deposition, it is a wild deposition because it goes after her in terms of saying it's disgusting, it's terrible. He also accuses the attorneys of being political, uh, and it is fireworks. We're going to play some of that. And also, Alejandro Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Secretary, goes down to the border and says, what border in terms of being open? It's secure. This guy, boy, we talked about medication. This guy definitely is on medication, if he thinks that that is the case. Meantime, we are talking about this very sad case of what happened on the subway. Uh, Dave in Los Angeles, we were just talking about the fact he was saying because the guy didn't attack him, he had no right to intercede. I made the case, what if the guy had actually killed somebody on the subway? Did the guy then still have the you know the right to intercede or not intercede, as Dave is suggesting? I mean, at some point, wouldn't it be nice that people prevented crimes as opposed to waiting until it's way too late? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Isabel on line four. Isabel, your thoughts about all this. What do you think? Hi, Rita. I think that when the, the homeless man said he was hungry, people should have given him money. Well, And you know what? You know, the thing is, Isabel, obviously in a perfect world, it would be great to help um, and give them money and give them food or whatever else. The problem is, if somebody's high as a kite, there have been cases where somebody was giving somebody money and then that person got stabbed. You know, it, it, when somebody is mentally ill, um, and it's different if somebody's hungry, but if somebody has mental illness and they're hungry or is on drugs like this K2, is on some serious medication, you don't know what they're going to do because suddenly they turn their attention to you and don't realize that you're doing a nice gesture. And in a perfect world, I agree, it'd be nice if we could help all those people. And and by the way, in this case, it is a tragic case. This guy should have gotten help, and I wish the system had helped him um, or had him locked up, whether it was in a mental facility or in a prison somewhere, because he should not have been out on the streets. There's no question about that. Let's go to Jeff on line one. Jeff, your thoughts. 
Hi, Rita. Number one, I don't want you going on a train anymore unless you have, like, Bo Deedle with you or somebody. That's a good point. Thank you. Or Sid, because Sid goes to the gym, you know. So um, That's right. He could be my bodyguard. That's a good point. Sure, they both (laughs) could. Sure, you deserve that. Thank you. I don't like when people call up and yell at you. That really upsets me. Now, put that in that situation. You're sitting on a train, and, and this guy from L.A. starts screaming at you. We don't know him. And if I'm standing there, you got to think, how long was the Marine standing there? And now this is going on. Man, his mind, he's not trained as a cop. He's a Marine. People don't understand. He is protecting the United States of America. Those people, he's lucky that guy, didn't, he didn't snap his neck because I'm sure he knows how to do that. Absolutely. He's a Marine. And, and by the way, Jeff, Jeff, what did you make of the fact, like, like the David was saying, uh, because he didn't, he wasn't being attacked. Uh, that that didn't justify. And you you heard what I brought up. David didn't even want to answer it. But it, it's correct that, you know, what is he supposed to wait until the guy does something? And he was throwing things at people and saying, I want to die. I don't care if I go to jail. That's scary to me, Jeff, don't you think? Unfortunate. This, it was something that happened that, you know what, it's sad. But these people on the train were terrorized with all the stuff day after day after day. Nothing's happening. They had enough. This guy stepped in. Somebody could have had a heart attack. One. I, it's my grip. Somebody could have been scared. It had dropped out of a heart. Just, like I said. Absolutely. And you know what, Jeff? You don't know if he has like a weapon on him or something, and that's the next thing he pulls out. I mean, and a lot of them do, and that's the sad reality. But that is sadly what has been happening time and time again. Let's go to Larry real quick on line six. Larry, your thoughts. Uh, please, please, please don't say real quick. I mean, come on. Look, David had a, re- a legitimate point, Okay. Um, uh, he should not have been, uh, you know, put in his place so so fast. He should have let him ventilate. I mean, he's the caller, really. You know, he had a very fair point. The point of the matter is he's probably not right, but it was a very compelling point he made. And by, and by the way, Lair, Lair because I, I like you, I'm going to hold you over. So hold on, because we have a hard break. But hold on. I will carry you over. Uh, despite me giving David a lot of time, and he just didn't want to hear anybody else's point. Um, so, you know, I don't mind... Somebody calling with a point, but they also got to listen to. We're going to take your calls after the break. It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes story, a beautiful story coming from Lewiston, Maine, where a resident there, a World War II veteran by the name of Ralph Sylvester, used a big bottle of champagne to christen a new rowing shell at Bates College. Members of the Bates men's varsity crew team chose to honor the 98-year-old Omaha Beach veteran and Bates College class of 1950 graduate by naming the new eight-person rowing shell after him. By the way, Sylvester fought on the beaches of Normandy on D-Day, and he was also in the Battle of the Bulge where 20% of his company was killed, and there were some 3,500 anti-tank mines that were unbeknownst to him, and he said he remembers it vividly. He was a private in the 295th Combat Engineers. He built bridges over the Elbe River that enabled the American and British armies from the West and Soviet Union forces in the East to link up near the end of the war in 19. 19- 45. And in fact, when my father escaped from the prison camp, 
He was told to sort of head toward the Elbe River. Of course, they had no idea that there was a deal made, basically, uh, for the Americans to sort of stay on one side and for the Russians to go in. But he knew that the Russians were coming to his camp sooner, and that's why they also escaped from the camp. An amazing story, and this is near and dear to my heart. And how beautiful to see this great veteran, a World War II veteran, Ralph Sylvester honored in such a beautiful way and to be there apparently with him and his family as they christened the new eight person racing shell and named everything after this great American hero. A beautiful story. And that's why we always love supporting our heroes here on the Rita Cosby show. Well, we are, of course, talking about President Trump and also Mayorkas, and we're also taking calls tonight because it's Friday night. I love hearing from all of you guys talking about this sad case of what happened on the New York City subway. Sadly, it happens all too often. This is a, a normal day on the subway, sadly, where there's some homeless person who comes over and threatens somebody. It is a regular occurrence, and people on the subway are scared, they're fed up, and they're really worried and concerned. And sadly, There have been a lot of these cases of late where somebody has just suddenly snapped, whether it was on the subway or somebody was walking down the street and attacked somebody just out of the blue. They were mentally disturbed or they were on drugs. And we have to do something to help these people that have mental health issues. But we also have to protect all of us. And despite what Dave said, I applaud the guy for trying to help the other passengers on the train. So far, we have not heard anybody who says that this guy's intent was anything other to just restrain the guy, that his mission wasn't to try to kill the guy. And I also think we have to see what else was in the guy's system. There's a lot of questions here. One of you made the case that maybe the guy was fighting and maybe had even caused some of the breakage in the bones on his own neck. I mean, who knows? There's a lot of issues uh, that we're waiting to hear. And were there breaks? We know that it was compression on the neck was the cause. What was... And his system, was it a combination of drugs? Were there no drugs? Um, But there's a lot of serious questions here. And I hope wherever it goes, the truth comes out. And in the meantime, I think cooler heads need to prevail. And this guy's a hero. I think he was trying to help people on the subway. Let's go back to Larry. Uh, Larry, your thoughts about all this. Go ahead, my friend. Okay. All right. Please hear me out because we're all rooting for this Marine. And I want to make sure he gets a fair trial. Now, this is the thing. I don't think it's it, okay. It would be relevant to find out if there was anything in, in this in the uh, system of the decedent. However, I don't think it's necessary that they even get there because uh, this this Marine has to testify before the grand jury. This is a must, absolutely must. It's not even a question because I'll tell you why. Because under the circumstances, all they have to show is that a reasonable reasonable person would have perceived an exigent danger to himself or somebody else for him to go into action. And if he testifies, all he has to testify is that he did not mean to kill the person. And then you are left with a tragic accident. So he must testify. And and, and in addition to that, I don't think, I think the governor, that dingbat, did him a favor because even if he is indicted by any stretch of the imagination, if he is indicted, they will have almost impossible chance of impaneling a neutral jury, who ha- people who haven't heard, impaneling people who have not heard the governor opine on the situation 
and actually slander him by implying that he was actually guilty of intentional homicide. All right. So, Larry, I let you go. Now, uh, you were saying you took issue with what I was saying about David, but you seem to be agreeing with me just now. Uh, that if the guy goes and says, here's what happened, here's my mindset when I went in, I wanted to protect these people. It was a scary situation. I agree. I think he must testify. I agree. But I think that that will be very powerful. And I think it'll be hard for a jury, a fair-minded jury, to convict somebody. Anybody who's taken the subway knows how scary it is. And they would be frightened if they were in that situation. So go ahead, Lair. Yeah, well, well I, I mean, if, if, it, if, if it gets to that, if it gets to a trial... Then I think uh, then absolutely. He, but but he will still have to show if it, if it goes to a trial, he will still have um, he he will still have to show uh, convince the jury that he did not intend to kill the guy because that might be using too much force. So I mean, um, if the jury thinks that he that he intended to use too much force, they, they'll convict him of manslaughter. So that's why he has to prevent the indictment. Or be convincing to a jury. Just the, the danger of the situation does not really speak to itself because he used lethal force. Yeah, no, absolutely. It goes to intent and it goes to what was going on in his mind. I think I think those are powerful points, and I agree with you. Larry, thank you very much. Have a great weekend. I definitely gave you time, my friend. Let's go to Dom in Minnesota, line two. Go ahead, Dom. Rita, I wasn't going to call tonight, but the way your phone lit up, uh, this Marine's got a lot of support, but I had to call after David's call, just like a, almost like a therapist. So I'm calling as an anger therapist. <laughs> I I play one on CCTV in my own home. Uh, yeah, yeah. By the way, my favorite part of that call was David's wife said, oh, I got to calm down. And then he explodes on me. I thought, oh, my God, at least we don't have to live with him. Go ahead, Dom. So you heard her say that? <laughs> yeah, that's what he said at the beginning. He said it. He said, my wife told me to calm down. And that was before yeah. That was before he got angry at me. <laughs> Why do you think my wife put CCTV camera in the house to calm me down? Oh, my God, Dom. <laughs> it's a classic. That is a classic. So now what are your thoughts about this guy? And where do you think this is headed? You heard Dave, uh, Larry made a good point. I mean, I do think the guy will have to testify. And so much of it goes to what was going on in his mind. What was his mission? Was his mission to stop? And can they also have other passengers who correlate that the whole goal at this point was just to subdue the guy, obviously not to kill him? Well, here's my here's my thinking on this. I'll make it quick because maybe Adlin Bragg needs a Marine to kick his rear end in court. My question is, what if this Marine was black? Would he have got an invite to some tea and biscuits on the White House lawn like Joe, by Joe the plumber? And that's what I want to ask to fix the leak. That's an interesting point, because obviously, in this case, there are people who are using this sadly and playing the race card. And it it breaks my heart to see that, because I don't think, obviously, um, in the Marine's mind, I don't know the Marine. I'm just saying, based on what we're hearing, it sounds like he would have stopped anybody that was doing that to other people, because he felt bad. He's there to protect, and he feels like he could do something. And obviously, he took the guy down. Um, So I don't think he had race in his mind. Uh, but you're right. I think a lot of the politicians uh, would be using it very differently. That's a great point. Dom, thank you very much. Let's go to Kevin in Boston, line one. Thank you so much, Rita. Rita, talk about David. I mean, loopy doopy. Why I'm calling Rita outside of my deep appreciation for how you deliver 
the news and events, as with John on at 5 o'clock. It's been a year since we spoke. Thank you. Delegation, you're welcome. The delegation from Massachusetts, for Ayanna Presley, all right, to make such a statement to say this incident on the subway was a lynching, gets my blood pressure over the moon, and not what was said was probably that you're aware of, the custodial worker that was killed three days earlier with a mop in his hand for doing nothing on the New York subways. So whether it be in New York, and as your producer asked me, here in Boston, what is the equate to Boston? Well, the Boston Police Department is called Congresswoman, the United States Congresswoman representing Boston, uh, in particular, Mattapan, Massachusetts, Dorchester, and Roxbury, a triangular killing field. And that's what's been going on here in Boston. And why doesn't she shut her trap and come back to Boston and start speaking to these schools and these young kids that are so out of order before we have a race riot across the country and another summer of 2020? The heart of Boston was a 12-block perimeter of Plywood Ranch. Every store was plywooded, and do I not remember the looting and things that went on? You know, uh, Kev, I remember, um, obviously, I remember seeing a lot of the images there and in New York and in California, all over the country, sadly. And you're right. I think these politicians... And when I heard Ayanna Presley making the comment, calling it a lynching, this was the death on the subway, she described it as a lynching. How incendiary, how irresponsible. Uh, Eric Adams, of course, the mayor of New York, has said we need to have calm. I think that that's absolutely the right approach. It's the measured approach at this time. Let's see where things go. Let's look at the investment. That's the right answer. Yet your leader, you're talking about your member of Congress, you're right. She is fueling the flames, and it is downright irresponsible, and it's outrageous. It is. I I just think it's reprehensible, and I think when you just talked about all those other cases that have happened, and I also think now, given the sensitivities that are happening all over the country, in your community, um, in every community, I think of in, you know, in Seattle, I think of in Memphis, I think of in Philly, I think of in Atlanta, I mean, there's so many, St. Louis, there's a lot of There's just sensitivities are so high. Emotions are just running. And I think leaders need to be responsible. I I, I 1,000% agree with you. Uh, Let's go to Joe uh, in Newburgh, line six. Joe, your thoughts. Hey, Joe, line six. Go ahead, Joe six. There you go, Joe. Hello, can you hear me? Yep, I hear you now. Go ahead, Joe. Sorry about that. Go ahead. Yeah, instead of shooting from the lip, our governor should take some construction action, like possibly reopening some of the 20,000 mental hygiene beds that she and her predecessor shut down. I agree. By the way, Joe, 1,000%. I absolutely agree. Um, They have shut down so many of those mental health facilities, and we absolutely need to have those, plus probably many more. Sadly, given the track record of so many individuals these days, you are 1,000 
percent correct. And before we go, guys, I also want to talk a little bit about the border and also President Trump. First off, you got to hear this one from Alejandro Mayorkas, head of our Homeland Security, goes to the border today. And boy, did he tell lie after lie. Listen to this one. The border is not open. It has not been open and it will not be open subsequent to May 11th. Subsequent to May 11th. In other words, it's not open. If that guy doesn't lie, I don't know what is. And then in the middle of all this, of course, we think about President Trump and the great job that he did with border security. Uh, There are people who criticize him. But listen, he had the wall and he had a plan. He had remain in Mexico. And the Democrats are every single different direction. He's dealing with so many lawsuits. And a little bit ago, they released his testimony. This is in the rape trial of this is the media. This is the basically magazine author, um, E. Jean Carroll, who says that he raped her in a busy department store, Bergdorf Goodman's in the mid 1990s. And he says it's false. It's outrageous. And this is what his testimony was. This is in a deposition, a video deposition that was released a little bit ago. You got to hear this one. And just to clarify, I think you said a few minutes earlier that you used the word swooned as a synonym for, you said the F word, for sexual intercourse? Yeah. That's because that's what she said. What do you mean? She never used the word swooned? No. She she said that I did something to her that never took place. There was no anything. I know nothing about this nut job. And then he also said this about the woman making the accusations. I was with Donald Trump in 1980. Nothing changed. I was sitting with him on an airplane. And he went after me on the plane. Yeah, I'm going to go after Believe me. She would not be my first choice, that I can tell you. Man. You don't know. That would not be my first choice. When you said in that video that Ms. Leeds would not be your first choice, you were referring to her physical looks, correct? Just the overall. Not. I look at her. I see her. I hear what she says. Whatever. You wouldn't be a choice of mine either, to be honest with you. I hope you're not insulted. I would not, under any circumstances, have any interest in you. I'm being, I'm honest when I say it. Uh, she, I would not have any interest in. Ouch! What do you make of President Trump's testimony and closing arguments, in that case, are going to be next week? What are your thoughts, everybody? one 800 848 9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. How many times must I tell you, baby? How many bridges I got to cross? Well, President Trump let it rip in the deposition that was released just a few hours ago, saying the woman that accused him, saying that he raped her in the mid 1990s. At a busy department store in the middle of the day, uh, he says she's making it up. He even called her a nut job, said she's not my type. And as you just heard, he even said the lawyer, the female lawyer asking the questions, well, she's not my type either. Uh, He was throwing barbs in every direction. So where do you see this case going and what do you make 
of the deposition. We just played you some of the highlights. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to BJ, line six. BJ, your thoughts about it? Well, we had the PP hoax, the overdue library book hoax, uh, the Ukraine hoax. Now we have the crazy old lady hoax. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I it, it never it, if they had a plan to beat Trump on policy and ideas, they'd use it. They don't. So they have to dream up these crazy, kooky schemes, uh, 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 checks to porno queens and all of it. Uh, everything in the bedroom. That's all the Democrats know how to do. Everything goes into the bedroom. And and uh, he's he's going to win. That's it. Nobody's in the basement anymore. COVID's officially over. No one's in the basement. Not even Joe Biden can hide in the basement anymore. What we have to do is learn to vote like Democrats. If we learn to vote like Democrats, because we all know they do it so squeaky, squeaky clean, we're going to win, hands down, plain and simple. All right, VJ. Thank you very much. And have a great weekend, my friend. I appreciate it. Let's go to Norm on line four. Norm, your thoughts. Uh, my thoughts are, I mean, it's a 30-year-old accusation. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Um, what I am concerned with, of course, is where's the financing going um, to go after Trump on every level? And that's what I'm concerned with. And uh, I just happened to notice that uh, my Antifa friends, <laughs> I mean, that they're not really my friends, <laughs> but the Antifa people uh, are there at, you know, whatever his depositions and all that stuff. And they uh, they have professionally made signs. Who's paying for that stuff? Um, who's paying for these maniacs to you know stop people from you know from driving over the bridge today with the marine with their so-called protests? Um, they're Antifa drums. They're the same people. They're the same people that I will see tomorrow morning when I go to the Life March from uh, Old St. Patrick's on Mulberry Street to Planned Parenthood. Uh, they will use that as a pre- prelude tomorrow. No, that, by the way, you hit a point. They they are everywhere, Norm, and you're right. It'd be interesting to know where are they getting all the money uh, for a lot of the signs and preparation. Um, and we know that in the case of the C. Jean Carroll, there is um, a big Democratic donor who apparently is helping her with some of the funds. Uh, there have been reports for her defense. So you you just you just have to wonder. It's all relevant. You just got to look at it and see. Uh, but you're right. They seem to be everywhere and well-organized. Uh, let's go to Jacqueline real quick. Jacqueline, your thoughts real quick. I'm going to try to squeeze it all in as fast as I can. First of all, you know in Bergdorf Goodman's, as well as other high-end stores, they have attendance in the women's dressing room. Between the security cameras, President Trump's personal bodyguards, and all of the shoppers in the store, also she said she had fa- fa- rape fantasies. Yeah, there were some weird comments that were coming from her. It was, there was some, it, there's some serious questions to this case. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.